my best. Do I, do I sound clear or do I sound like I'm recording through the, uh, the laptop microphone? That sounds good. Good. Then good it shall remain. Yes. 160. This is our 160th podcast. Yes, it is. I don't think that's a that's a lot know, of milestone, but what'd you say? Yeah, that's a lot of podcasts. I mean, that doesn't include our mini episodes that we put on Patreon and stuff, but like just 160, like dang. That's true. That's true. It is definitely something to be proud of. You know, I don't know if I've talked to anyone else in my life 160 times uh, in a row like uh, that. Yeah. Um, maybe my wife, but other than that, that's it. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you've talked to your wife that much. No, we just go through long, st- just long breaks every week of just not saying anything at all. We just, you know, give knowing glances and, and that gets the job done. That's it. Yeah. Romantic long glances. <laughs> That's how we Yeah, operate. it's crazy. And and we've recorded a, a vast majority of these in the pandemic too, right? That's true. That's true. So Because hopefully... pre-pandemic we were hitting 50. Dang, you're right. That yeah. is so weird. You put it in perspective like that, but that's true. Yeah, that we have over 100 episodes, more more episodes in the pandemic than not in the pandemic. Very true. I'm sure a lot of shows can say that, though. I know a lot of people uh, started podcasts during all of this, so one can only imagine. Thank God. We needed the entertainment, you know? We needed the distraction, you know? That's that's the thing. Like, I still need it. That's why we kept going, to distract one another and hopefully provide a distraction for those of you who still listen, because, you know, we noticed there was was a, a fluctuation, an uptick, if you will, during the pandemic, and a good number of you stuck around and we appreciate that. Yeah. We appreciate y'all who are still listening, who still dig our little rants, who are still part of our cult. That's right. Lex got a whole girlfriend, you know, and, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's just good to reminisce. (laughs) She, she edits all of our, um, pictures for the episode now. That's right. Genius. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's she usually a... she usually hides the concept from me until it starts to come together, and then she will show it to me when it's like almost completely done. And I'm always like, "Oh my god, how did you do that again?" <laughs> Every time. That's really cool. Off air, I'll have to ask you what app she uses, or you know how she does it, because it's it's like magic when you see them. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I think she was using a free trial of one app, so she might need to need to upgrade that, Ooh, or we might yeah. need to invest. I don't know. We'll have to look. We'll have we've to been look trying a lot of new things here with the podcast. We've we've uh, you know started uh, with with the new uh, images, which you all can see uh, on social media when we post the new episodes. That Lex and Matt across the board. Um, mm-hmm. We also switched over to ZenCaster, which has been head and shoulders better. And you know, we don't give out free plugs around here, but it is head and shoulders above Zoom and Skype 
Because those motherfuckers, boy, they will let you down. But Zencaster so far, Skype was fucking job. us over consistently. Skype was terrible. Yeah, you know, it had us thinking that we had internet issues and stuff like that. Not yeah. true. No, it was just Skype's janky ass, and they had the nerve to try to charge me for that business. I mean, Zencaster costs money too, but you know, at least they know what they're doing. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And with Skype, I mean, there were some weeks we didn't actually end up getting a recording because of it. We missed a few episodes in the years that we <laughs> were recording and came close a few other times. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huge so you, all, you all missed out on some quality conversations, but we're going to make up for lost time oh, yeah, now. I'm sure it was high highbrow stuff that they missed out on. <laughs> well, we're going to get into it right now that's enough talking shop let's talk about some Hollywood people so a couple weeks ago I talked about standing ovations and how they annoy the shit out of me and okay, yes. I wanted to elaborate on that because we've got some really bad and really good examples of the standing O now that the uh, what is it the Venice uh, film festival is going Venice on. Venice Film Festival, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of movies are Venice dropping. Venice is kind of the kickoff, just to give people respect, kind of the kickoff of award season. This is hmm. usually when the movies that are going to be, like, or if they can, a lot of Oscar-worthy films premiere at Venice. Right, right. So that's understandable, and that's good. You know, give films like this a chance to shine outside of the, uh, you know, the the looming shadow of the mega blockbusters that have been coming out lately, like Top Gun and, you know, every comic book movie and all that other stuff that's been coming out. You know, the latest yeah. Kevin Hart film, you know, whatever's coming out. Yeah. So these yeah. these films have a chance to breathe, and I appreciate that. But something that has been happening over the past several years, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a recent flex that these screenings are, are touting now is the length of the standing ovation that they receive. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing at other festivals, but it's definitely a thing at Venice and has been for some time okay. of how long they get a standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, you know, we're going to talk about The Elephant Room. The uh, Elephant Room. That's a, a new movie that debuted at Venice. No, The Elephant That's in the Room. That's my new indie film discussed. premiering at the Venice Film Festival. Elephant Room. <laughs> Directed by Zach. Please Brad. go see it. Yeah. Um, no, it's my movie. <laughs> Fuck him. Well, you wrote it and you star in it. But Zach Braff was like, here, let me help. I want to I wanna big up you and let your star shine on the screen. So... I actually like him as a director. He's the punchline to a lot of people, but I still love his movies. See? Well, I I love Garden State and Wish I Was Here. I don't care about anything else he's made. <laughs> well, oh, wait, no, he directed some Ted Lasso, too. He did direct some Ted Lasso, which is part of the sticky yeah. elephant we're going to get into next. Anyway, uh, Brendan yeah. Fraser, we all love him. You know, he's brought us such wonderful moments as being in The Mummy and... And Sino yes. Man and other films. Blast from that the Past. Been. Yes. Yes. And Bedazzled. And Fucking also. Classic. Yes. And and he plays Cliff in uh, Doom Patrol 
and he does a fantastic job as that character. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we were all very much looking forward to Brendan Fraser uh, portraying um, Firefly in the upcoming Batgirl film, and that was ripped away from us by fucking Zaslav once again. Um, yeah. But he is in a film that debuted at the uh, Venice Film Festival called The Whale. And this is our first item in the marathon standing ovations. And (laughs) this is a rare allowance where I'm glad that someone was observed for their work. In in this, in this, uh, you know, regard, Uh, Brendan Fraser, according to variety.com, he breaks down in tears as the whale gets a huge six minute standing ovation in Venice. Yeah. Brendan Fraser has been through a lot in his life. Um, we're not going to get into it too much here, but it involves, you know, uh, abuse and that sort of thing. So physical injuries, he was hospitalized for a very long, off and on for a long period of time because of injuries sustained from working on stunts on film sets as well. Right, right, right. And, you know, he's just had a a very rough time in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, through no fault of his own. You know, he's he's somebody no. that, uh, you know, you can just look at his work and tell that he puts his all into it. Uh, he seems like he's having a good time when he's up on the screen. And, you know, everybody just cheers this man on. And it's great that he got a moment to be recognized by his peers uh, for starring in this upcoming uh, Darren Aronofsky drama, which uh, Fraser plays a 600 pound gay man confined to a wheelchair. And it says that uh, he he sobbed throughout the six-minute standing ovation, which will likely put him at the forefront of this year's Best best Actor Oscars race. Yeah. I think he's going to get nominated. I'm not sure about winning or not. We'll have to see. I'm also very curious to see how this film is going to do, because apparently it's based on a play. The play Mm -hmm. was written well over a decade plus ago or something like that. The play is, er, the script is largely unchanged from the original play. Yeah. Um, and a lot of things have changed in our society since then. Absolutely. Um, you know, an an actor wearing a fat suit, you know, doing that. Like, is this going to be accepted by people? Is it going to be okay? <laughs> is it? You know, I I mean, I don't even know if it's okay. I don't think I can speak to that. I think everyone is very excited for Brendan Fraser to come back, but mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think there's necessarily the kind of excitement one could have overall for this film because of you know some of the potentially problematic issues with it. Yeah, and I, I think something that actually works in in the favor of this project is it it's not um, being done for laughs. It's not being done at the expense of, you know, uh, um, people who struggle with their weight, because this is actually from from what I've read about it. It seems like the character goes through uh, fluctuating uh, weight throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, as a matter of fact, the article says he wears a prosthetic suit that adds anywhere from 50 to 300 pounds, given the scene. Yeah. So it seems like he's 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 working towards being more comfortable in his body. I'm not familiar with the with the play at all, but. I'm not either. I just know what I've read about it. I've also read uh, a really interesting thing that Aronofsky, uh, he shot it in 4-3 aspect ratio. Oh, okay. 
So um, I, I can't remember why he was trying to do that. Maybe to create a sense of like um, claustrophobia because mm. he's confined to his apartment. He's like, I think he's like agoraphobic possibly as well. Oh, okay. Or something along those lines. Um, so it was a it was a artistic choice to do that, which I also find fascinating, and I'm curious to see how people are going to embrace that. Yeah, yeah. So it's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, and I'm I'm glad you said what you did. Hopefully, it hasn't aged as badly as you know other stuff from like a decade ago. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's not like oh, don't see this movie because of this stuff, but. I will say if you're going to see it, try to keep that in mind because you might not know about that going into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to see it for Brendan Fraser, for Sadie Sink, who's playing his daughter in the movie from Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it really for the cast more than anything else. It does not sound like the kind of movie I would want to watch because I feel like it would be very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Brendan Fraser. Brendan yeah. Fraser. Um, tangentially, do you uh, enjoy uh, Darren Aronofsky's work normally? He's hit or miss for me. Mostly right. miss, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw The Fountain at the theater and I was very upset walking that out. That one of that. sucked. Black Swan fucking slaps. Yeah, yeah. The wrestler was good. The wrestler um, was good. A, a mother- wrestling thing I liked. Yeah, was, how about that? Yeah, the wrestler. <laughs> it was very, uh, very realistic about the the dark side of of the ring, as they say. But um, yeah, he he can be hit or miss, you know. Like it, yeah. it really depends. Um, I think he's when he sticks to smaller stories that are, you know, in intense dramas. I think he's better. When he tries to get too big, that's when you get your fountain your noah your you know like that kind of stuff where you're like ooh, okay cool yeah so one to keep an eye on but all right so that's that's our first story that's the the six minute standing ovation mm-hmm. um the other one is of course about the film that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks don't worry darling and yeah. i'm just gonna cuff it on this one because i've read so much about it and I'm sure you know all about it too, what's been going on with them at Venice. There is a conflicting story out there uh, about whether or not Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine during He did not the spit on him. That doesn't make any sense. It if he did, it was by accident. That doesn't it, make sense. It doesn't make any sense. But when you look at the footage, something happened in that moment. So to, to, to paint the picture for everybody, it's, it's you know, a shot of the crowd after having watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone's applauding. They're getting the ovation. Um, you have Olivia Wilde seated next to Chris Pine. And then in the, in the empty seat next to Chris Pine, Harry Styles is about to take his seat. And he leans over Chris Pine. And Chris Pine looks at his lap. And he stops clapping very slowly, like he just, you know, encountered something. And Harry takes his seat, and Chris Pine just kind of awkwardly smirks. We don't know why that is. But I could see I how mean, it would be read as, you know, Harry might have spit on him. My theory is that my theory is that Chris Pine is literally in the middle of these two breaking up. 
and yeah. the tension is palpable and he's just <laughs> laughing about it because yeah. what else what the hell else are you going to do in that situation right 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 so the other part of this story of note is uh florence Pugh is not present at venice for this film to promote the film no she was oh she was but she wasn't she was intentionally not interacting with olivia wilde she was not interacting with olivia wilde harry styles from everything he's seen is not interacting with olivia wilde for the most part um she seemed to be kind of iced out a lot um Florence Pugh would not do the press conference to answer any questions. She showed up for the viewing um, and she was on the red carpet, but did not, um, you know, answer any questions or anything like that. So right. I'm going to uh, pull I up the story um, on NPR. Her. It's so funny. Like during all this, during all this, uh, you know, back and forth and hullabaloo, I completely forgot Nick Kroll was in the film. I might have said it last week, and I still just completely I, forgot. Same. I saw him standing amongst the cast, and I was like, why is Nick Kroll there? Yeah. <laughs> and we often allude to um, uh, the, the the fact that this is her second uh, directorial uh, time in the director chair, I should say. Her first was Booksmart, the 2019 film, which we both enjoyed immensely. Great movie. Great movie. But yeah. um, this one's not getting good reviews. The initial no. reviews are not good. <laughs> They're saying that everything about it is pretty much awful except for Florence Pugh's performance. Yeah. Florence Pugh is amazing. Yes. We're in yes. it for Pugh. That's it. <laughs> um, there's it another. Someone pointed this out on TikTok, and I did not think about this until we, like, until, like, they pointed it out. They were saying that Florence Pugh at the time was dating Zach Braff. They've since broken up, but when they were filming this movie, she was dating Zach Braff. Zach Braff is very close to the creator of Ted Lasso and has made uh, or directed episodes of Ted Lasso. Yes. So therefore, they know Jason Sudeikis. They pro- she probably saw Olivia Wilde fucking around on set, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And did not like that because she knows Jason Sudeikis. That's that's my, I think, the indicator of the first, like, fracture between these these parties. So according Just to NPR, the, the hotly debated moment between Harry Styles and Chris Pine, it says, in a video circulated on social media, Styles approached his seat next to Pine and appeared to lean slightly over with his lips moving in a puckering motion. Then a moment where Pine stopped clapping, looked down in his lap, and laughed. The suspicious movement around Styles' mouth made some wonder, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? So, Someone on Twitter said that they were observing it like it's the Zapruder film, and I really appreciated that reference. That was Mm. fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, that's in the NPR article, too. But up until this point, the the article has made note that every photo that you see of the cast together, Chris Pine is, is, is wedging himself in between Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde, almost as if he knows that, you know, it's a bad situation, and he has volunteered to act as the buffer between Olivia and anyone who needs a little bit. I doubt he's volunteered, but I think he was probably encouraged to do so to keep the peace. 
because he's yeah. he's the most neutral party um other than Nick Kroll and Gemma Chang, right? I think you're right. And uh you know, there's it's been a, it's been a very um active week in the world of wrestling, you know, behind the scenes and this this is up there. This is pretty much on par with what's going on in the world of wrestling. Just petty people not speaking to one another when all it would take is for folks to sit down together and just hash shit out when there's money to be made. But I digress. They're going to make more money off of this because of all of this. Everyone's going to go see this movie. Oh, yeah. The sheer curiosity of what's on that screen. What what happened behind the scenes? There's going to be a lot of money to be made in the film that's made about this movie years from now. Oh, Post yeah. The, the Blu-ray that comes out or, or digital copy or whatever that has the featurettes on it and the <laughs> behind the scenes stuff. What's that going to look like? <laughs> I'm saying a full A24 film with the cast possibly reprising their roles once they've matured a little bit and come back. And so, you know I'd what? I'd watch the shit out of that. Let's just make some money, you know? Yep. <laughs> I'm down with it. So, all right. That movie also got a weird standing ovation, but I didn't see anywhere where they clocked how long it was. It was four minutes. Four minutes. Okay. See? Why do I know that off the top of my head? I don't know, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, it was four minutes. And I remember that because it was noticeably not as long. And they and there were comments about that. And I'm like, this is the dumbest timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> but anyway, <sighs> yeah, the controversy continues with apparently Spitgate. Oh, that was a gross thing to say. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Not Spitgate. Spitgate. Uh, Kayla, so yeah. you have your episode title. <laughs> so the standing ovations. To, to, to give a, a little bit of closure on this whole segment here, mm-hmm. it's just dumb. It's fucking dumb because I typed in Venice standing ovation and everybody's headline is just Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, give Venice an emotional gut punch as the sun earns 10 minute standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell lands rapturous 13 minute standing ovation at Venice for the Banshee of Insurance. So in a way, these are all it's actors. a competition. Yeah. It's a co- this is the competition now. You can rig this. You can game this. So you can just make a short featurette and then hire actors in the audience to just clap until they get thrown out. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, who knows how long it's going to be. Yeah. So during these standing ovations, do they have to push back the screening of the next film because, you know, people are just mashing their meat fists together just trying to like you know i don't show think it works that way but i don't know i've never been if you want to get me press passes and get me <laughs> over there i'll go in a heartbeat i mean i just imagine the theater worker who's just standing over there with the with the broom and the dustpan just waiting for these rich assholes to bro get it's out. not the same type of theater though like Look, it's it's ultra fancy <laughs> Okay, so they're waiting there with their gloved hands in their in their tucks with tails, waiting to collect the champagne glasses and the caviar plates after these rich assholes get done clapping like seals. 
I'm just Oof. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Yeah, that's fair. Watch a movie, enjoy a movie. You know, shake somebody's hand. It's a good job, good film. It's always that's fascinating good. when people clap at movies in movie theaters, like regular movies. Right. I'm like, they can't hear you. <laughs> They're not here, man. They're not what, there. What are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? Hey. Weird. I've done it before. You know, just I don't know. It's it's Excitement. like you're part of the yeah part of the moment. You know. Well, it's a crowd too, so it is an experience in that way. Yeah. You know, it's like I like this. You like this? Hey, let's clap about it. You know. Yeah. But it's weird if it's a movie that's been out for like three weeks. It's like why? <laughs> why are we clapping, guys? Right. This is about to hit video now. This is about to go to HBO Max. <laughs> All right. Oh, I love I love that you also put a uh, variety article wrapping up our Don't Worry Darling coverage. Yes. That Harry Styles on his budding acting career. I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. That's based it. on the reviews, that sounds like it's an accurate description of your acting career. Exactly. So we covered this already. Yeah. But I just love that fucking headline so much. That self-own of Harry Styles. Maybe he it is in post-breakup. It feels like a real movie. It feels like a movie. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it does. <sighs> Moving on. Moving on. We have some DC news. We DC do. General. We do. So for those of you who were anticipating uh, the the pandemic era, uh, you know, tradition that DC started, much like your employers pulling the rug from underneath you, saying that you know you'll have a hybrid schedule. Nuh-uh. DC has done the same thing. DC Fandom, the virtual event, has been canceled indefinitely yeah that sucks because like so many people enjoy that from far away like there's people who are never going to be able to go to things like that exactly this the last time it aired d was out of the house and you know it was just one of those days i had nothing going on i sat down and i cut up some nice mango and i watched this whole thing and i think it was like five hours long of just you know self-congratulatory Stay tuned. This is coming out. Teasers and stuff like that. Half of which aren't actually happening anymore. And of course, thanks, visit, Ezra. Jesus. Yeah, a visit from the one and only Ezra on our screens telling us, you know, hey, the Flash is going to be fantastic. You better watch out. Just in time for spooky season. They're a spooky season. Yeah. Ooh. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> so they've officially canceled that. That seems stupid, but they've officially canceled it. Yeah. And this is of course on the heels of basically the decimation of the entire well, the entire channel itself, but also the entire DC lineup on the CW, except for Superman and Lois and Stargirl. They're all that's left right now. That's sad, kind of. But I mean, it has to end at some point. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, More about Superman and Lois a little bit later. I want to concentrate on DC Fandom right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you know, we we talked about the cancellation of Batgirl. Um, uh, What was it? Uh, Black Lightning, of course, that wrapped up. Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow. The list goes on and on when you talk about these Warner Brothers cancellations. But because of that, you know, DC Fandom literally has nothing to cover outside of Aquaman 2, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Black Adam, and the Flash movie. So, 
instead of this truncated version, they decided not to do anything at all. I will say this, though. I read a rumor online today on Twitter from a semi-reputable source. Uh-huh. They may be trying to do a crossover right now with Teen Titans, or not Teen Titans, Titans, Doom Patrol, both of which are on HBO Max and still somehow in production, and Stargirl. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That would be kind of fun, you know? Um, the reason being is because uh, the, the star of Stargirl, uh, <laughs> that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. She's, um, she's currently in uh, Canada. She likes to post updates on her Instagram going live and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, people noticed that she said she was filming in Canada when normally they film in the U.S. So that's surprising that they film in the U.S. Most of those shows tend to shoot up in Canada. Exactly. Well, it's a very gung ho, you know, yay America type of show, which I mean, they've done it in Canada before, (laughs) but still, you know, I was going to say Smallville was like supposed to be the the heart of America type of thing, you know, and it was shot all shot in Canada up in Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i mean they were laying it on thick with the uh season premiere it was so fucking like wow okay am i watching the right channel it was it mm-hmm. was basically they started with a close-up of the american flag and then yeah. you know they're going around the small town and everybody's you know greeting each other it's a great day sun is shining paper boy is going down the street and everything you know um and it's like you just see like americana all over the place and this whole thing goes on for like a good three minutes and there's no like oh but sinister things are happening over here it was just like a celebration of just being american i'm like wow that that's weird you don't really see that much anymore yeah that is weird (laughs) yeah yeah so there's that i guess good for them i don't know i don't know that is a choice though to cancel the dc fandom um, I don't know if a lot of people are going to be super upset. Like, I don't think there were, I think it was like, it sounds like something that people enjoyed, but it's not necessarily a huge loss, I guess. Right. I don't right. know. Why wouldn't, why couldn't it be a thing like E3 and stuff like that, you know, going forward? Maybe it was too expensive. Yeah. It was very niche, you know, it was uh, especially given it was just about DC comics and, uh, you know, yeah. we were lucky to have it when we did. Now, of course, you know, besides all the strange decisions Warner Brothers is making as a business, um, their focus for advertising is probably 80% on House of the Dragon right now. So they don't even have time to focus on anything else. Yeah, for real. I still haven't watched any of it. I need to, yeah. but yeah. I got I got family in town, so it, it might be a little bit. I recommend it. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't diss it. I'm actually enjoying it. I got to say. I'll be the judge of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I mentioned, this is actually a a good little bookend of that. I mentioned this a little earlier too. Uh, Superman and Lois have found the actor who was going to play John Kent. So stepping and down, I is... looked at the picture of this kid and yeah. I thought it was the same kid. No, really? <laughs> He's, it's pretty damn close. He looks a lot like him. I mean, that's not a bad thing. You know, it'll, no, it'll help it's good. people get used to it a little bit more, I think. So as we've discussed before, Jordan Elsis is stepping down from the role of Jonathan Kent for various reasons. 
Uh, he's going to be replaced by Michael Bishop, like an actor who I've never seen before, but apparently um, is very popular in the Disney circles. He played Max in the movie Spin on uh, on on the Disney Channel. And uh, oh shit, it, it's smart to get a Disney kid. That's going to pull in a, like a whole other crowd that might not have watched it. There you go. So good for them. Yeah. Um, like you said, he he does have a passing resemblance to, uh, yeah. you know, our, our guy Jordan there, Jordan Elsis. So we'll see. I mean, if Jordan Elsis does somehow, you know, decide to um, come back to the show at some point, they can always have him play Bizarro Jonathan or something like that. Cause, oh, you know, that would be really funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just writes itself. So, you know, like I said, I wish him the best. I hope it's nothing weird, um, you know, like anti-masking shit, anti-vax shit. Yeah, we're um, going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that's not the case. Right, 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 right. So congratulations, Michael Bishop, on that. That's, yeah, not controversial, but it's good news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he looks very similar. I think it'll be fine. I, I mean, I usually don't like when people are recast like that, but, you know. Yeah. There's a certain type of role where it's like I don't really mind, and I think he falls into that category, where it's like he's one of the leads of the show, but he's like mm-hmm. further down on the call sheet. I mean, if they recast Superman, that'd be a big deal, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's his show. Superman but... and Lois, they need to keep them... Everyone else, I feel like they can they can recast on that show and they'd be okay. Right, right. We've lived through the recasting of Aunt Viv on The Fresh Prince, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they're going to do some type of tongue-in-cheek, like little nod to that on here, too. And just kind of like, yeah, hey, you look a little different today. You feeling all right? You know, something like that. <laughs> no. You look kind of out of it, son. I'm good, Dad. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Oh, just have uh that. just have the the current actor get punched in the face and when he gets up he's the new guy i really <laughs> like, hope they shit. just don't acknowledge it you know <laughs> just don't acknowledge it just don't acknowledge it that's what all I right um rihanna we don't talk about rihanna that much rihanna's pretty private from what i've gathered that's true of course there were a few years where she was heavily in the news uh, you know, she's been through some 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 terrible instances in, in her life. She's been through some amazing highs. You know, she's pretty much uh, established, uh, what is it, a makeup brand uh, on her own? No, lingerie. Lingerie? Okay. Yeah. And uh, made tons of money doing it. So. Yeah, I think she's made life. more money off of that brand of like underwear and lingerie and stuff than she has off of music. Yeah, yeah. And she's a wonderful musician. It's yeah. a it's a running gag, you know, on Twitter where it's like people are saying, "Hey, when are you gonna come back and make another album?" And it's like, she doesn't need to. <laughs> she really doesn't. It, at, which is kind of great because if she comes back, it's gonna be like purely for the passion of music, and it's probably gonna be really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, again, this is an instance where we don't really get a chance to say many many great things about people. But this is something neat that I saw about her, and I wanted to kind of like give some focus to it. And uh, this was just a couple a couple days ago, coming from Consequence uh, of Sound, 
Consequence.net. Mm-hmm. It says, Rihanna asked the restaurant to stay open past closing so she and her girlfriends could enjoy a late dinner. Now, of course, that sounds mm-hmm. like bad news. That sounds like, uh, you know, typical billionaire behavior. But it goes on to say, to return the favor, she helped the staff clean up at the end of the night. Oh, I've that's never so heard cute. That. I've not, never not just like that. leaving a big tip, which is what you expect to hear at the end of that. But she helped them clean. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, you know, they they uh, went to a Michelin starred restaurant, Caviar Roos, until 2 a.m. on September 1st to thank the restaurant for staying open. The artist was seen helping the waitstaff clean up and push the bar stools back into place since she stayed so late. Um, this girl's night out comes after she welcomed her first child with ASAP Rocky back in May. She's only 34 years old and she is America's youngest self-made woman billionaire crazy and the article it's crazy to think she's only 34 right (laughs) she's been in our culture for so long it feels like she's always been around yeah and it says that she donated 15 million dollars to 18 organizations fighting climate change in the united states and her native uh caribbean so good for her great yeah And of course, we're it's like, being a music boo, website. billionaires, unless it's Rihanna. And then we're like, cool, you, yeah. you get a pass. Rihanna can do what she wants to. Yeah. <laughs> so kudos to Rihanna. Good work. That's a good, that's a good story. Yeah. I didn't story. hear about that at all. But I really have never heard anything bad about her, honestly. No, no you're right. You know, it's like you said, she keeps to herself and, you know, she really just does what she does with her brand so Mm -hmm. hey that's fine yeah caitlin's bought some stuff from it and liked it nice yeah all right um something we haven't done in a long time i played a game you did a video game and i want to talk about it and i have to uh full disclosure let you guys know that i got a review code for this game from thq i'm sorry we're getting review codes for video games I'm getting a review code. Oh, you bitch. Okay. <laughs> they only sent one this time, but in the future, they may give some codes for giveaways as well. But what I about codes my... for Lex? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to do my due diligence and let you guys know that aspect before I go on. Now, the game mm-hmm. itself, Destroy All Humans 2, reprobed. So, um, Way, way back. Uh, and I want to say the early 2000s, there was this, yeah. this this franchise, Destroy All Humans. So basically, uh, you are an alien that has come to Earth in the 60s in order to, you know, basically kill everybody. I mean, that's what you do as an alien, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an alien invasion. Burn shit down. Yeah. Yep. Just coming to burn shit down. Um this game is so freaking kooky. Like, it's got a lot of jokes that are not only appropriate for the time that you're in, which in this one is 1969, but also for the age. I was going to say, when made. does the, the second one take place? Yeah. Yeah, the second one takes place in 1969, but it's it's so funny because <laughs> there are references to, like, pop culture at the time, you know, in, in current day as well, you know, that they kind of allude to. Like, uh, one of the characters that you end up teaming up with, uh, you know, 
uh, after a couple levels basically is Austin Powers. And, uh, you know, oh, just God. a smooth talking dude dressed with the, with the mod look and everything like that. <laughs> but I got to say, you know, I had trepidations about this game going in. They put uh, a warning at the beginning, as a matter of fact, just to let you know, like, this game is a product of its time. You know, we had different sensibilities back then. Um, but just take that as you will. You know, we hope you enjoy what we've done with it. And yeah, there are some jokes in there that are a little, you know, on the edge as far as uh, that sort of thing goes. Of course, you know, you can't have a, a game with aliens without talking about being probed and, you know, child right. abduction and stuff like that. But, you know, he's he's a little he's a little horny too, this guy. Uh, <laughs> and he makes it known. Oh, God. Much so, yes, yes. It's funny because the character itself, uh, his name is Crypto. He sounds like um, Jack Nicholson. And so okay. as he's getting missions, he's basically just talking about how he'd rather be scoring with chicks and stuff like that, you know, throughout the game and all that. It's, it's, it's wild to have that time capsule of how games were back then. But I'll tell you what, beyond the, the subject matter, it plays a lot like Ratchet and Clank. And you know, that's right up my alley. Um, yeah so it's a good game like the actual game itself is fun you have uh um you have a wide plethora of of weapons to choose from uh the action is fast paced it's not too difficult you can change the difficulty level to ramp it up or ramp it down if you need to uh you get to not only control crypto walking around the city and stuff like that you know shooting at, at enemies and whatnot uh, you also get to fly his flying saucer and blow up buildings. And I thought that was a cool touch because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, they probably won't let you destroy an entire, you know, police headquarters or something like that. No, 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 no. You can use your zappy beam and you can burn that fucker down. And it was a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> But your main mission here is to stop the KGB from blowing up the earth, basically. Because, you know, in spite of everything, you've fallen in love with this planet and you want to see it progress. So you go through and you fight the KGB. It's wild, man. There's a there's a gun that you use that can just make everybody just start dancing, you know, as you do. <laughs> That's how real guns should be. Everything's all tie-dye and you're just like trying to like sneak by all these humans and stuff. It's crazy. It's a fun game. I recommend it, but like I said, just be aware of the subject matter. It's a little blue, uh, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So check it out. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I played it on Xbox Series X. I should mention that part as well. <laughs> That's the only way to play. It's the only way to play. Xbox, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards. Matt, I want more digital codes and free things. I'm only in this for the free things. So Okay. Get, get more. Get okay. more stuff, please. <laughs> I will ask THQ to send you a digital code for the next thing. Their next game, by the way, is going to be AEW Fight Forever coming to all your systems. I, yeah, I don't want that. Your favorite wrestlers like Kenny Omega. And you the can Young keep Bloods. that. No. Oh. All right. I, maybe I don't want everything, but I want things. <laughs> I want stuff. All right. Speaking Very of stuff. Shallow. What have you been watching lately? What have you been enjoying in the wide world of digital entertainment? Well, um, we finished Mad Men, which okay. was great and loved it. It was a wonderful rewatch. 
now we're just kind of like, eh, we're not watching anything in particular. So we started watching Chef's Table, random episodes mm-hmm. of Chef's Table, which is a show that Kayla's seen a lot of it, and I hadn't seen any of it. It okay. is really fun and really enjoyable. Just this idea of exploring chefs, like these renowned chefs, and their like their restaurants and their story and everything like that. It's on net. It's like a Netflix original documentary series. Each episode's like forty minutes. It's really, really good. Hmm. Okay. I've I've watched a few episodes of it. I enjoy it as well. I think the cinematography is oh, phenomenal. The way that yeah. they actually like film this food, it just makes it look so delicious, and you just want to reach in and grab it. It's so it just looks so good. Yeah, and the fun part with us is we've been skipping around to episodes that Kayla's like, I loved this episode, so I want you to watch it. Or, you know, I love this chef, because she knows that kind of stuff. She was definitely a Food Network kid. I was as well, but only for specific shows, like Iron Chef and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's really interesting to learn more about it. Like, I didn't know any of it. Like, I, I really don't know about that stuff. So it's really fascinating, and I agree. It's shot beautifully. I love a good uh, food tourism show. I always think Absolutely. those are fascinating. You know? when Initially, when you put this on the show notes, I thought you were talking about the chef show with John Favreau, which is also a No, show. different show. Yeah. Have you watched any of that one at all? I watched the movie, the chef movie. And yes. I want to say maybe I saw an episode or two of Chef Show, but um, not like enough, not consistently to say, oh, I've seen that show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a different vibe. I mean, you know, for those listening and don't know about either <laughs> show, it's definitely a little bit more geared towards focusing on John Favreau and his relationship with yeah. cooking, whereas Chef's Table is just like celebrating the beauty and the ritual that goes into preparing and eating food. And it is a gorgeous show. It really is. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's really good. I thought when we were starting it, that it was the John Favreau show though. I did ask, I was like, is this the one? And she was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, never mind. Never mind. (laughs) I, um, it's really good. I also enjoyed somebody feed Phil. I don't know if you've seen any of that. I loved Somebody feed Phil. Love it. Too. She hasn't seen any of that, so I want to oh. watch that one as well. Yeah, dude. It's it, yeah. I'm always sad when the season ends because I want him to do this forever. Yeah. He's so he's so sweet. He's a, he's a sweet man, and he's always willing to try something. And I love that about people when they're just down to try something, and it's not like your normal thing, you know. And it's just like ah, you know, you only live once, and you might as well enjoy it while you can. I love that attitude. And he just exudes that no matter where he is. And he usually ends up enjoying it too. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. There's <laughs> something about him that's, he's so, and it's kind of surprising too, because he was a showrunner, right? He wasn't an actor. Like he's a writer and everything like that, but he, he has so much charisma and it works yeah. really well. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't act like how you would imagine a showrunner would act. No. You know? No, so, he's he's got a great personality. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that they recognize that and put him on camera too, because it's just you know he's got a whole different career. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, 
yeah. he has a fantastic theme theme song. Yes. That, that tune is is catchy. Right. <laughs> it's a no skipper. <laughs> yeah. It's very like nineties sitcom style. Which is which perfect is, for him. Yeah, exactly fitting. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So anything else? Did you did you check anything else out? Do you plan um... to check anything else out? trying to think of i already talked to watched nope watched the elvis movie that was good uh no i don't think there's anything else elvis is now on hbo max yeah for those that want to check it out i bought um, it and then they added it to hbo max like a week later i was like motherfucker i never yeah. buy digital copies and then i get screwed over that sucks because they were being real just like mysterious about whether or not it was going to hit HBO max or not, because it fell within the whole, like, you know, cancellation bubble of everything. So they're like, well, we don't know if we're going to be doing, you know, the window anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Know. And they tricked me and I bought it. Freaking HBO. Yeah. All right. Well, how the mighty have fallen. I checked out a movie that I hadn't heard about until last week. But also okay. premiered last week. Uh, it's called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. What? Yeah. I haven't heard of that. <laughs> so get this. It <laughs> it stars Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown as the first lady okay. and pastor of a megachurch. Ooh. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Drama yeah. or comedy? It is a little bit of both, actually. Even better. Yeah, it was directed and written by Adama Ibo, and it's based on a, a play that they wrote. Uh, it was produced by Jordan Peele, so it's under the, the Monkey Paw Productions banner. Oh, shit. Yeah, so again, I didn't know much about this going in, so when I saw the Monkey Paw uh, you know, a thing in the intro, I'm like, is this a horror movie? Because it could go that way. Like, that would know. be really fun. What... Where is this streaming? Because I've never even heard of this movie. So check this out. It's on um, Peacock. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what made me. Okay, first of all, when I, when I saw it was announced, they were like, yeah, it's coming to theaters. And it's still in theaters. Uh, you know, and it was going to mm-hmm. debut during the uh, the $3 movie weekend that just passed. And I'm like, oh, this might be worth checking out. And then I went on peacock for some reason I, I i think i was trying to see if that jurassic park had hit on there the new one dominion mm-hmm. and it was but then honk for jesus was there as well i'm like oh shit well i guess we'll just watch this i, I want to say i want to say bradley recently told me that i think peacock has exclusive streaming deal with monkey paul hmm, but okay. i'm not 100 percent on that like i might no. be wrong but i think he was telling because i was asking him about nope streaming like when is nope going to be streaming and i think he mentioned peacock and i was kind of like huh that's weird yeah they need to make a bigger deal about that because this was this is a a gem that was gonna just kind of slip through my fingers if i didn't see it discussed on the today show which is an nbc show so they're really trying to promote this on on and through nbc Um, yeah you got to promote it other places too yeah Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, I guess it, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January. Okay. And uh, oh. it hit Peacock in theaters on the same day on September 2nd. So, man, 
Uh, I won't say too much about it, but okay. the idea is that uh, there was a major scandal and we are following this documentary crew as uh, Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall work together to restore their megachurch to what it once was. That sounds amazing. I'm it sold. really is. Like that it sounds was, really good. It went by so fast. I wish this was like a six part, you know, little mini series or whatever, because they did a great job. Sterling K. Brown's great in everything he does. Regina Hall's great too, you know, and it's just, you know, I mean, I, great. yeah, I was going to say, I'd watch it for those two alone. Honestly, exactly. like <laughs> she's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, watch that. And yeah, I spent a lot of pl- a lot of time playing that uh, "Destroy All Humans" too, and that's pretty much it, man. That's uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played any games in a while, but it like I, I need to. I need to get back into playing some stuff. I pick it up and then I immediately put it back down because it just can't keep my attention. I read something interesting today, actually, uh, about my beloved Power Wash Simulator that we discussed a few episodes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that they released a new version of Power Wash Simulator on Steam, um, which is helping with mental health research. So oh. as you're playing the game, computations are happening behind the scenes, uh, you know, collecting data and stuff like that. Not like intrusive, not like asking you, hey, you know, uh, what's, your, what's your zip code? It's not doing that sort of thing. No, 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 no. It's using, it's using the... Um, computing power of the device that you're playing on uh, because it's a very, you know, low stakes type of game. It's using the remaining computing power to help do calculations and stuff like that to figure out different mental health issues that uh, doctors are working on that require that type of uh, back end. You know, I'm not doing a great job of explaining it, but trust me, <laughs> it's, it's that's cool though. a pretty cool idea. And I really admire that because a lot of folks like me have discussed, you know, how just relaxing it is to play a game like that. Yeah. Where you're just, you know, a power washer guy <clears throat> and you're, you know, cleaning up the neighborhood and that sort of thing and not in a weird, you know, taking law into your own hand sort of way. No, 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 no. You're doing it with soap and water. So it's a fun game. It's just hard. I to prefer say. the games where you clean up the neighborhood in a more nefarious way, but ah. That's just me. No, I'm kidding. I like both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that the legacy of this game continues. Apparently, there's a, a fan survey going on right now, too, to pick the next level. Last time, they gave you the choice between a gnome fountain, a locomotive, and a theme park or something like that. That sounds and cute. the guy just released all three of them. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It must not be that difficult to program that where he can like, you know, quickly release those. Yeah, I, I don't think it's too intricate because they've already got the framework down and, you know, it's a first person game. So you don't have Spins. to worry about all the animations yeah. of the character. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So that's it. Um, next thing I'm looking forward to God of War Ragnarok. That's not coming out for a little while. I was going to say, that's out already? Jeez. No, 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 not yet. I still haven't played the first one. Oh, you've got some work to do. (laughs) I don't have it, so I'll get it at some point. It's so fun. Yeah. And I know know. you're you're debating picking up that um, Last of Us 
Part 1 remake. I'm not, no, because I don't have PS5. Oh, that's right. I, I thought it was on PS4 as well, but I think it, yeah, it's probably just a PS5. No, I think it's like specifically modeled for the uh, the PS5. Ah. If okay. I had one, I would absolutely get it, but yeah. eh, I don't care <laughs> that much. Like I do, <laughs> but I, you know. It's... it's not a system seller. No, no, it's not. No. Well, something's going to hook you eventually, and then you'll have that to look forward to as well true but probably not i'm kind of being firm with myself about not getting more than one next gen system i have my xbox and i like it yeah you know trying to be good i am not (laughs) so thank you guys for listening yeah (laughs) playstation send me a playstation 5 I like free stuff. It can even be the digital one. You know, I will abandon all of my bunker copy philosophy. (laughs) I will abandon all of my morality, apparently. All of my, like, baseline things that I believe in for a PS5, I guess. The moral of the story, if you want Lex to talk about stuff, send Lex stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. (laughs) I'm here to sell out. Whether it be PlayStation, Lego, what have you. Just send her the stuff, I'm, man. I am the scene in Wayne's World where they ju- are just in swag. Like, it's <laughs> terrible to sell out. No. No, yeah, I I, I will absolutely do that. Send me things. Go yes. for it. I right. dare you. <laughs> and if you'd like to contact us about opportunities to send us stuff, reach out to us at Lex and Matt across the board. And also patreon.com slash Lex and Matt, where you can find all sorts of mayhem and goodness there. Stickers, bonus episodes, access to our exclusive discord that you can only get in if you are a member of our cult. Join it. Any tier. That's right. You get in. We never kick you out. You're in it forever. Just like a cult. One of us. One of us. Yeah. That's right. And if enough of you join, we may one day have an animated series. So thank you in That's advance. That's the for goal. That. That's the for dream. For those of you listening in the future, thank you in advance for helping us reach that wonderful milestone. All right, I'm tired. Uh, hey, I'm thanks tired for too. listening, everybody. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. Bye.